0: Hi, this is Nisa Khan. I want to do a quick preamble before today's episode. Um, uh, just a couple content warnings. So the usual with yellow jackets, we'll be talking about depression, hypothermia, cannibalism, murder. And then for this specific episode, we talk about attempted suicide and suicide ideation. We will have some resources linked in um, our description below. Heads up for that. Also in this episode, I'm one of the ho- hosts, me, Nisa was fasting. So she might sound a little delirious at times. Um, it was right before if thought, and I might sound a little hungry and rushed. So please excuse me. Um, thanks so much. I'm really excited to do this, and let's get started. I don't know for who if this is going to be part of it, but Laura did like hike the entirety of this country. Did you think uh, of yellow jackets as you're hiking the country? Okay, I honestly did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you would want this on record, but you also ran into a cult there too. So, like...
1: <laughs> no, I thought about the cult in this episode. Cause they, when she like goes to the diner, um, and she's like, where does the cult live? And the woman's just like, oh, they, you know, they come to the farmer's market. They don't tip very well. It was kind of similar vibe in the town that I went to that had a cult. Everyone was like, oh, you're going to eat dinner at that place. That's where the cult, that's the business that the cult runs, um, are you sure you want to support them?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the old cult down the road. Let's make all- This is Buzzkill, a Yellow Jackets podcast. Your host is Lori Zube and I'm Nisa Khan. And we're two people who really like this show and really wanted to like sort of talk about what was going on. We have good qualifications. We both like it a lot. And we're starting where all good things started right in the middle, like episode four. about it because when i came up with the idea we like it was like one episode or two episodes of past so we were already kind of like but it's fine yeah yeah
1: it's called hitting the ground running
0: yeah um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what you get for being so judgmental listener
1: (laughs) Yeah. um it's not polished it's real (laughs) also shout out to skylar burkhart who is um another one of our people behind the the podcast who uh, contributed a lot of ideas but won't be like joining us with her voice today
0: one of these days we'll get her but Skylar is kind of like our producer at this point (laughs) (laughs) all
1: right so I guess we can go ahead and get into it um so yeah like Nisa said um today we're talking about episode four of season two (laughs) called or titled old wounds I do kind of feel like for this episode specifically, I don't know, there was a lot of just kind of vibes um, where I didn't, I mean, the episode ends with some big revelations, but I feel like a lot of the plot lines, maybe other than Lottie and Natalie's contest that they're doing, mainly I think the present day like plot lines felt a lot like things moving forward and developments progressing, but not like... Um, I don't know like when I when I tried to think off the top of my head of what was going on in this episode the summary felt very jumbled
0: um yeah it's like a yeah. ton I think especially now we are introducing like more of the girls who survived it's like a very um it's it's a lot of plot lines happening at the same time basically yeah yeah, yeah. A yeah, no 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 um you also said vibes um, my favorite tweet about this was like yellow jackets knows it's like a bad vibes show but the vibes are important and that's very much the case i think <laughs> of, of like this season mm-hmm.
1: no it kind of is a bad vibes show but it leans pretty pretty far into that okay so yeah so taissa is road tripping by herself um in a mysterious sort of way um, then we get the theme song, the Alanis Morissette version. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty exciting. Um, Skylar noted to pause here for a moment of appreciation for Alanis
0: Morissette. Um, Her voice sounds like uh, something bad. She's so good. at sounding like so unhinged. <laughs> I really liked it. You know, she was the perfect choice for this. Um,
1: and yeah, it, no, it was perfect. I kind of hope they do more of those.
0: Um, oh, who would you, um... Uh, get to sing the yellow jackets theme.
1: oh gosh, that's a good question. I don't know. Do you have any dream people?
0: so they had Alanis, they have Florence cameo who like I'm trying to think like who's like another like dreamy like woman mm-hmm. who's also maybe Bjork <laughs> <laughs>
1: know, sorry people with I don't know like nineties nineties
0: anger. <laughs> Yeah, 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 90s Anger. Um... Courtney Love. Oh, <laughs> you know what? That was, like, the first thing I was thinking, like, whole, Finger like, wonder. yeah. Um, That was, like, the first one I was thinking, too. Yeah, um... where's, she, where's
1: she been? Bring her in. <laughs> Let's tap her in. So then, yeah, so then the sort of after that beginning of the episode, um, we see Jeff and Shauna. Callie is... She, you know she gives them her little i'm staying at alana's tonight thing which is a lie um jeff tells shauna that he the cops know about her affair with adam and he clearly still seems pretty bothered by this
0: uh, sorry to st- sorry no to stop at the cali hanging out, is she oh, yeah. out with, like the adult cop
1: oh i don't know i kind of i read it as just like she's been with like friends just random random people okay oh. cuz i feel like if she was hanging with the cop i would hope they would show us that yeah it seems like something we should know
0: <laughs> yeah. um, also because like i'd be like this undercover work is getting a little um no yeah like morally questionable it's pretty more yeah but i don't know i i think we disagree about callie i just like don't particularly enjoy her <laughs> I feel like in a show where they do a good job of like writing teenage girls, especially like teenage girls that are pretty rough around the edges. I feel like Callie has like been like, I don't think she's supposed to be ever purposely likable in the first season because like, Shauna says herself, like I don't really like my own daughter, which I thought was like the funniest line of all time. And I think they're definitely doing more of her with her this season to like tap into the fact that yeah, her parents are did fuck up, Um yeah, I still find her as a particularly like. I don't really feel like I'm particularly engaged when I'm learning about more about her.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I kind of, I feel that way. I get what you're saying with, like, when it comes to her friends and, and even her kind of romantic interests, like, she, there's that boy she's kind of dating for a little while. I don't feel like I really need, I'm not like, oh, let's see more of that. <laughs> um, but I do, I don't know. I think I like her... You know, in relation to Shauna, because I feel she definitely has some unsympathetic moments, but also Shauna as a mom is it's oh, there's yeah. a lot of complications there. <laughs> um, And I think I feel sympathetically toward Callie just because she she seems so normal in some ways um, and even the ways that she's kind of annoying or can kind of like get on your nerves a little bit kind of seem like typical maybe ish teenage girl things um i don't know but then i don't know she like in this episode like she has to come up against some stuff that's like extremely intense that maybe she shouldn't have to need
0: to be thinking and, about and she does a pretty good job i will say i thought that last moment with her parents was cute but um i i wonder also if my like um apathy with callie also if, like all the other teenage girls we have in this show are like from the 90s and they feel kind of like kind of either like wearing nineties fashion and stuff like that and like well not fashion because they're all in the woods but like you know they're like kind of set in the time so it's like a little bit more distance but because like Callie is like a Gen Z like teenager, which you yeah. and I both are, I feel like it is maybe too close to home. Like she's too like mm-hmm. close to maybe like teenagers we probably <laughs> like, I feel like it's more like annoyance. It's like I know this girl too much and I just don't enjoy her vibe.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah yeah i don't know do you feel like you're liking her more or less like as the series goes on or like in season two versus season one
0: Just the same amount of apathy yeah they uh sorry i'm like the same but you know what it does also give a great insight to like how shauna is as a mother which you know (laughs) not fantastic (laughs) but i will say the best scene of season one is when um because she callie's almost like a like antagonistic figure in like shauna's life right and there's like the scene where like callie tries to blackwell shauna with the affair and shauna's like well if you want to get a divorce and spend all of your time with your dad like don't do that i
1: know that part was kind of wild i don't know i mean it was like i think i don't want to say i was really on callie's side but shauna was pretty she can be a little cold-hearted in her delivery i think
0: Oh, Shauna's, like, um, look, she's the love of my life. She's also insane. Like, she's oh so insane. Yeah. She <laughs> like, is-
1: I, I love Shauna deeply.
0: <laughs> I love Shauna. I love both the adult and teen version of her. I think the teen version, is of- she's so good at doing, like, like, I-, I can't wait until we talk about this episode two of, like, her whole thing with Jackie. But, like, she's so good at doing, like, this kicked puppy look while she's doing something extremely disturbing at the same time. No. It's just... So cute. It's <laughs> so weird but so cute.
1: I know. I think I I just came across randomly on YouTube this interview that Melanie Linsky did um and she was saying something that I think clarified some of the way Shauna acts a little to me which was that um it was something about like she doesn't feel very much or she has a lot of walls up um that just I don't know keep her from connecting to a lot of things in her life um in a way that Ken Reed is kind of cold, but it's not, it's just that I don't know, she's kind of like shut off. But then a big drive for her character, especially in the present day, is like wanting to do things that will make her feel things. I'm I don't think I'm paraphrasing it super well, but um I don't know. And then yeah. Then and, and that she did that even before the plane crashed in the first place, with the whole like um, you know, sleeping with Jeff and that sort of thing. It's just kind of this part of her personality where she wants to kind of indulge in things that maybe ordinarily people might not consider as much or would be like, oh wait, no, I shouldn't, because I just am not supposed to.
0: She's got a darkness to her for sure. Like, I think like, especially like with the whole thing with Jeff Wright and like her immediate defensiveness in the last episode of season one, where like she didn't really apologize, right? She like because w- also because like because it like it's like a well of resentment that kind of blew up in Shauna's like body, right? And I think there is like kind of like um the way that she's good at really justifying her actions in a way like that, and I kind of enjoy that about her in the way that like deeply like complex the fact that Her and Jackie do seem to genuinely really love each other, and in the way that like developed into this awful back and forth. Um, yeah. it's just it's just like really good and the fact that the way it ended the way it did and how that like manifested for shauna this season it's just so good i just love how twisted it got in her own head
1: yeah the you saying that reminded me of something like in the last episode where she's talking with jeff about why she slept with adam she says her reasoning is something like i did it because i liked feeling like i didn't know what was going to happen um and I feel like that could even be tied into the way that she is when she's a teenager in relation to her friendship with Jackie. Because Jackie's whole, or part of Jackie's whole vibe was that she was like very, I've, I mean, controlling feels like a strong word because I feel like their friendship was a lot more, I read it as being a lot more even than that. I didn't really, I mean, I know Shauna had like jealousies of Jackie, but it, like, it, I thought they had a good back and forth. I mean, but Jackie would do things like, be you know be like we're going to xyz you know the college or whatever Rutgers, this year yeah, yeah ruckers um or this is what our dorm is going to look like or this is what you should wear to this thing and just they've been friends for so long i feel like there's an element there of just kind of she knows what's going to happen with jackie or she oh. doesn't need to decide because if she doesn't decide jackie will <laughs> um so finding ways to create space in her life for things to happen that aren't um expected or aren't
0: controlled by that. I don't know. That's such a good point. And like not only do I I really like that, I think like also I kinda of agree with you that I think I think like when I read other people talking about Sean and Jackie, people kind of tend to like go after Jackie more. I'm a bit of a Jackie defender. Is that really her oh, fault yeah, a Sean? Yeah, I feel like it's not really her fault that Shauna, like, Shauna was, like, you know, this resentful the entire time, like, nothing was stopping her from, like, standing yeah. up for herself.
1: No, yeah, I like, I feel like it paints Jackie as kind of a worse friend than she was, because even in the first episode, we see Shauna kind of stand up to her and be, like, all, you know, like, maybe I don't want to wear that dress or whatever, and Jackie's, like, whatever, like, wear what you want, um, it doesn't feel it feels like shauna is the type of person who pushes back against other people and i don't believe i feel like i feel like framing the friendship that way makes shauna feel like more of a pushover than she is and makes jackie seem less understanding than she was and jackie i feel like there were many times where you saw her have like real heart-to-hearts with shauna where they're able to have like a conversation that feels level
0: I do think that was kind of like Shauna snapping at her a bit and like Jackie like okay like you don't usually do this but okay I'll back off but like I do think that like it's supposed to like play on the idea that like you know Jackie's like I mean they're both really pretty so like but I get it like it's Jackie's like blonde she's like from a really wealthy family like you know all these like kind of things that are really enviable and like Shauna's probably Shauna was probably always like designated to be like the quote-unquote number two and she's like paired off with this other guy she doesn't really like Grandy or whatever and like I guess that's like Shauna's like kind of. Resentment like build up over this time of being like, you know, the number two in like this pretty popular girl's life. Although, I mean, she's so cute, but like, I, I just think, she, I just like, I think they're both gorgeous. But like, I get it, like, it's like that trope, especially like back in like, you know, I think especially in like 90s shows and stuff like that. So, like, I kind of see how like Shauna might have been considered like the meek bookish, but she kind of got, she snuck and got into an IV. And I think like some mm-hmm. of her sleeping with Jeff is letting some of that like, you know, sharpness leak out, right? and the way in their final fight you kind of see like the way that she like kind of goes Jackie like very relentlessly, and other girls kind of don't really like pull her back because I think they kind of enjoy seeing Jackie get kind of get it yeah I
1: yeah I liked the line also in the last episode episode three where Natalie is like laying Jackie to rest kind of in the plane and she's it's a, it's a pretty dark scene but she's like way to make us all jealous of you one last time um which i i love i think that's one of my favorite scenes honestly of this season so far um just because i thought that like sophie thatcher um the like natalie's actress i thought she her delivery was really good and it made me i like that we got a moment of mourning for jackie from from someone who wasn't shauna um but there's also, and just bringing together the macabre side of things with, like, yeah, she's dead, they just ate her, <laughs> they're stranded in the woods, it's winter, things are going to get a lot worse. With the whole teenage jealousy thing, just bringing that aspect into the scene, I really liked. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I love it, it gets- when they pair Natalie, young Natalie, like, um teen Natalie, with, like, um someone else because like i'm not like the biggest travis fan <laughs> either which makes it sound like i i'm like digging on the show it's not that i just don't really like i i, I think th- i find their dynamic interesting i don't know if i enjoy it to watch but like i just love seeing t natalie paired with like someone else so getting her a moment even with jackie's corpse <laughs> as it's like i just love like natalie feels so much and i think she's such like a empathetic like in a way that she's like the way Shauna isn't but you think they'd be opposites of the way like you know it works but like Nellie feels so much and like I just love that moment too of just being like having a moment with like you know the captain like she was like they like she was their leader for a while
1: yeah yeah and it felt really kind I don't know like she didn't in a survival situation especially like she's the only person around it feels like you don't need to take the moment to kind of have a like somber moment just her and the corpse but I like that she did I think you're I think she really you're right she does feel a lot and I speaking of I feel like in this episode we the one-on-one that we see between her and Lottie I also yeah continuing in the like episode um, trajectory um so the other yeah the other present day timeline that kicks off is uh, Misty and Walter are road tripping um she there's this interesting moment between the two of them in the car where he like he he's putting music on for them to listen to on the road trip and his choice in music is just like too good he wants to listen to musicals or something and she gets really skeptical right away she's like oh I see you're just a fanboy or something um but he's like no like he just happens to have the same music taste as her um and he says that being her being a yellow jacket is the least interesting thing about her um which I like <laughs> or maybe take. Misty yeah, yeah. Misty, maybe <laughs> she's pretty she's pretty fascinating but that made me think of um an interesting thing in this episode overall with the two of them that I was thinking about was like their season two road tripping versus Misty and Natalie's season one road <laughs> tripping um and how the dynamic is different or I don't know um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. How How are you doing the, the role swap differently? Because I ask that because I feel like in season one, Natalie is the kind of cranky one who's like, feels pulled along by Misty. Um, and she's like, whatever, I guess I'll team up with you. But in this dynamic, on the surface level, it seems like they would get along perfectly. Um, but Misty has all this kind of skepticism coming out in this episode where she's like, you know, she doesn't she doesn't want to get excited that he likes the same music as her. She wants them mm-hmm. to stay in separate rooms at the motel. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, dude, I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, so Frodo, um, I think like I think Misty's just like, I don't trust this guy because this is going too well. And that's why I'm actually very against Misty having a friend in the flashback, which we can get to when we... Oh, I guess this is the time. Yeah, we can get to that now. Yeah, I feel like... What's her name? Crystal? Right. It's so funny. Girls keep multiplying in the background. And every time I see them, I'm just like, did they just introduce these girls just to kill them off? Like, they need somebody to eat. Hashtag that.
1: Also, um, we can talk about that later. Also, but oh, yeah, I'm really really sad about that mouse. Oh, that mouse is dead. Mouse is gone. Oh, that's our segment. We never saw that mouse in the present day. I'm just saying. (laughs) We didn't see like a
0: we didn't see like adult mouse. I know. Where's the
1: present day timeline following that mouse? Who would you cast
0: adult mouse?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: I don't know. I would probably do like. It could be Adam. (laughs) It could be Adam. Theories. Is Stuart Little still around? Is it time for his um big break? It's too much to put Stuart Little through. Too (laughs) much. Too too much acting for him. He's only in good for kids movies. But yeah. So like, I think that's um him I think it's I really love the Natalie Misty pairing and I do like to think that Natalie was like warming up to Misty because she was like actually engaging her in conversation and stuff like that I thought it was really cute and I when Misty said like I'm her best friend I was in the first episode I thought it was so cute and I got so sad and that's why again I think Misty is like a character who's really good at kind of like diluting herself into creating connections and her she did create a connection with Jessica, which is I'm really sad she killed Jessica too, the reporter. They about best friends. They
1: can pair sorry, you continue. Wait, what? I wanted Misty and Jessica to be best friends.
0: So did I. I honestly really shipped them. Like I was just like really like into them and like somebody finally like matching Misty's level. And that's why I do generally think that it going to the flashback, I think there's something kind of I wonder if Crystal's love of musicals like rubbed off on Misty as an adult. I don't know if Misty like began as loving musicals. I don't remember that being part of her personality. We have this girl, like she's also a Gleek. She seems like a glee kid. Like I don't know how she was quiet this entire time. So I know that's a retcon from the writer. So I'm going to stop harping on it. But I do think giving Misty this friend, even though the actress seems really cute and all that, I do think it kind of like, makes make, makes misty softer and like we've talked about a little bit about like taking away some of the um edge and like agency of these characters when they're really twisted and like make them softer and i think giving misty a friend and the idea is that like when even as an adult like her whole thing is that she has kind of sort of created in this mind that she's friends with natalie even though there is a connection there and that she's really good at sort of like creating herself kind of like a really like uh, kind of like a good community of these friends even, like when she was really excited to go to the, the reunion with everyone like that and i think giving her a friend and knowing what friendship feels like um kind of undercuts that oh there's a cat hello kitty and yeah yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts but kitty but um yeah and i think just like letting her know what a genuine reciprocal friendship is even though i feel kind of mean when i say this but like i think it kind I of takes away that. the fact that she's able to like um create these kind of fake friendships and these fake connections. But yeah, anyways.
1: No, that's a great point. And that yeah, I feel that's a good question of how much it changes how we read her in season one. Cause in season one it seems like I don't know. Yeah, like that those are the meaningful friendships in her life were from her time in the woods and stuff and that's kind of, I don't know, the way that she started understanding, I don't know, like connection between people and community, which is, you know, kind of a not good introduction um also the, <laughs> the way that you were describing that made me think of something I haven't really thought of before which is like Misty versus Shauna and the two of them as maybe kind of in inverse characters of each oh, wow. other because um, if Misty like if Misty's whole thing is that we see her that you know you're describing is we see her in this kind of like hard way or even kind of villainous way at times, um, maybe especially in season one. I feel like we know her a little better now, but she does some things that you're like, OK, that's an antagonistic move. Um, and then part of the development of her character is starting to pull out these kind of softer edges or motivations and seeing the like softer sides of herself um, and things guiding her. I feel like Shauna's on kind of an opposite maybe path or mm-hmm. like an opposed path. Where she's kind of, when you first meet her, she seems just kind of at face value. I feel like she seems like a much softer person than she really is. Um, And the thing that she's, I don't know, maybe fighting against or working through is like this kind of harder impulses that are coming out from time to time.
0: I don't know. That's a pretty underdeveloped idea because I just now thought of that. (laughs) no that that's how it works but honestly like, that's why shauna she's my twisted little princess she's so fucked up but like and i think like there is this idea right that like in the beginning the reporter comes up to shauna and being like this is not how you wanted your life to be like you're a housewife in like suburbs or like new jersey and like shauna like kills a rabbit in response <laughs> like she yeah. um she isn't happy where her life is and i think like that kind of um stifling and i do wonder like i would love to see shauna coming back right like how how has she managed to like quell down that side of her for so long and why is it only kind of coming up now i find that so fascinating because with all the other girls like because even natalie says this the most like you guys always say like i'm the fucked up one but like i see you guys all the time and she's right right like i don't know I, i i don't know how shauna managed to like sort of smile through it um and get married and all these things instead of yeah yeah that's a good question yeah,
1: um. So speaking of Shauna, I guess, um, uh, <laughs> although the scene actually isn't very Shauna focused, but um the the scene that we see next in this episode is in the past. Um we learn that someone's been stealing a little of the bear meat and Shauna is fed up, pun intended. Um <laughs> I guess she's like the opposite of fed up though, because she's really hungry. Um so yeah, everyone's mad that the bear meat is missing. Um Mari has this like disturbing I felt exchange with Ben where she's you like know, maybe so it's weird. Like, yeah. She's like, it was probably Ben. And he was like, it obviously wasn't me. Also, if it was, would you eat me? And she's kind of like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That was how I read it. Um Mari seems ready, ready to eat the
0: next person. Um Mari cracks me up because everyone thinks she's like pick Girl. She is the pick girl of the first scene of the show so like yeah so she is so like revved up to start eating people she's revved up to like be lottie's number one girl and like if if this is how we repay her by hunting her for (laughs) sport, she wants it too much she wants it like a little too much
1: maybe i'm projecting she hasn't said that outright it's more just like her vibes are antagonistic (laughs) um i i think.
0: think some of the girls like less dimensional to like create like definitely a ruckus although i think her and her friendship with like i think those two girls always pair together it did show like a little bit of like
1: yeah everyone gets mad um there's this sort of pro versus anti-lottie argument breaks out um where mari is saying that all of the food they have they've had recently has been thanks to lottie and not is not doing anything um even though natalie and travis are the ones going out to hunt every day so Natalie suggests a contest where she and Lottie will go out all day and see who comes back with more food. Um, and I also thought this scene was interesting in a broader sense, because I feel like this was one of the first places where in a group-wide setting, we see lines being drawn of like exactly who is team Lottie and who is team not like Aunt Lottie, you know, but like who's skeptical of the the magical situation.
0: So we got Team Lottie and then Team I don't know, rooted in reality. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um I don't know, the unbelievers, the skeptics. <laughs> the skeptics. Um, so um wait, let's break it down a little bit. So Team Lottie it's um Mari fan I made a little list. <laughs> oh, did you actually
1: in this scene, in this particular argument Team Lottie is Mari, Misty, and Van. Um, and then the people who express skepticism are Ben, Taisa, Natalie, and Shauna question mark. Shauna seems like she's kind of waiting for more information. Um, but she says something that's like, um, they, someone says some evidence and Shauna's like, we don't know that that's why that happened. But she doesn't seem decided.
0: Yeah, Shauna for me seems like, she goes to Lottie for comfort, and she did that a lot last episode when they're um burning up Jackie's body, um like um so she seems to find some kind of comfort there. I don't know if she believes exactly the supernatural part. Travis seems like he's willing to um entertain it for like the comfort of everyone a little bit more than Natalie is, who's very much against like even entertaining it because she's worried it like
1: creates yeah. mass solution. <laughs> It's. I feel like Travis is a good smaller example of this broader thing of people turning to her out of kind of desperation because I feel like what got Travis kind of on board is his, I, I think, is his, like, worry over Javi um, because Ladi was the one who kept being, like, he's alive and Travis wanted to kind of latch on to that and believe it and I'm curious how that will develop now that Javi is back um, if he'll more pro-Lottie if he's like oh you were right team Lottie all the way
0: yeah and I think he has this weird connection to Lottie I don't think it's like I don't think he's attracted to her like I don't think he's like into her but he was imagining her mm-hmm. while he was like having sex with Natalie in a way that cracked me up like a lot like <laughs> he was just there
1: it was also was Amir were there weird like religious layers to that too it seemed like he was I don't know like like imagining her in a way that he was like looking up to her in this weird i don't know like
0: she had a very jesus christ like look to her i can't say i know too much about christianity but like i was just like is she supposed to like represent like disdain for teenagers having sex like what's happening here
1: <laughs> i don't know what's the commentary i don't know i mean she i mean there is like stuff there with you know her whole she's been very influenced by like laura lee Mm -hmm. in some spiritual way maybe like not necessarily Christian although Laura Lee's Christian but like there's something there's something worshipy going on for sure with her
0: yeah Um, and she's wearing like all white and she's kind of looking very like you know angelic
1: I know Um, I saw like a fan art someone made of Lottie in this episode and I thought And it was before I'd watched the episode, and I was like, why did they draw her as Jesus? And then I saw the episode, and I was like, oh, that's just kind of the outfit she's wearing.
0: (laughs) Um, Wait, what's that Lord lyric? Um, I'm like a prettier Jesus.
1: That's literally (laughs) Lottie. That's her. Um, Just one other thing that that I noticed about this scene or thought was interesting in general was just, I feel like it's interesting how winter, the winter setting of this season is forcing us to spend more time with all of them as a wider group um yeah because which I imagine was probably like an interesting challenge maybe for the writer's room to have this confined setting where like it's literally too cold for them to go outside (laughs) it's like an upstairs a downstairs freezing cold outside and like the meat shack where Jackie was but there's (laughs) not (laughs) it makes it harder to have characters I feel like talk like one-on-one or in like small groups Maybe just because they're, I don't know, if a conflict comes, more than likely it's going to involve everyone.
0: They have to account for more girls for sure, which, like, I think, like, the first season did imply that there's more just scurrying in the background, and now they have some more packed into the cabin, I will also say the winter setting just reminded me that when they had this contest, I can't believe no one said, We already lost one girl to the cold by sending her out when this was a bad idea between two girls fighting. I can't believe Ben be like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> like,
1: no. don't go out there. Yeah, okay. The contest also talking about the way the contest is set up. Um, so like a couple scenes later we get um they they embark, Misty lays out the rules. I also love this exchange where they're like "Hmm, who's gonna get the gun and then Mari's just like oh Lottie doesn't need it it's like okay Mari um thanks for helping I don't know just like she's (laughs) she's gonna be safe indoors all day and she takes it upon herself to be like no worries Lottie won't need a gun Um, and
0: Lottie just straight up just like allows it to happen she's just like I I guess
1: so yeah that's what I was wondering about is like Lottie in this whole challenge it's you know natalie versus lottie but lottie doesn't really um she doesn't say almost anything i don't think in this part of the episode like as they're heading out she agrees and like she doesn't argue she's like sure and then she tries you know she attempts to win the challenge she does that are like um you know, she in another scene just after this, she goes up to one of the like symbol trees and tries putting her hand on it. And then after a couple of seconds, she's like, fuck me. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like seeing that side of Lottie because she's trying, but um, but yeah, she doesn't personally invest herself in challenging Natalie or being like, oh, I'll prove you. You know, it feels almost yeah. to me, maybe she's, is she just trying to like defend herself by doing this? Like and this kind of reputation that she's you know gathering i don't know it yeah because yeah. it seems like Mark's the one who's kind of doing this for her i don't
0: know i love teen lottie and i think like um i know because adult lottie we don't know where she's landing but teen lottie just seems like so like tortured by this thing she has and she's a little reluctant to like really talk about it but she has like taken upon her like, she has taken this role in the group that like it's a comfort to some of the girls and she seems to, to find it her like kind of duty to protect them and it's almost like comforting because even though what she's doing is like sinister they kind of need that kind of comfort and that kind of like hold from someone right not because like she, yeah And when like i i love that i love that when she was like cradling shauna for like hold like for like you know hanging out with a dead body and being like she's grieving she's grieving i was like yeah it's fucked up but like shauna needed that like softness from somewhere and she's gonna get it from lottie i guess she's gonna because Thaise... and i kind of miss the thaisa shauna friendship a little bit because yeah. i think the way they used to handle each other was so tender but i think like yeah lottie like fills this role she seems like really like reluctant and like really like um genuinely like disturbed by it but she's kind of embracing this role i love that little fucking moment too because it's just, like oh yeah she's still a teenage girl <laughs> like she still like has no idea what's uh-huh. going on
1: Yeah it also I feel like gets it an interesting question I think in this episode as a whole of just like how much control she has because she does have this connection and she does seem there's this phrasing that I think the other girls in the team have been using where it's like she makes these things happen which I think is not it's not not what's happening but it's also not like she can just decide okay today's a food day in the way that maybe they seem to expect from her in this episode. because it's not she doesn't you know she's okay taking credit for these things and they do seem connected mm. to her but she doesn't really actively decide usually like now i'm gonna make this happen um i don't know it's more vague. i hope
0: javi the wood the wilderness doesn't make consider javi the food like i hope they're not like present this boy to eat oh my god that's terrible oh that'd be like, real bad yeah
1: what is he bent? what's he doing Okay, yeah. So yeah. Um so that's what's going on with um the challenge beginning in in the woods. Um in the present day, um Natalie is trying to figure out how culty the cult is. <laughs> so she asks Lisa all these questions of like are, you know, are there there's no are there rules or like do you are you able to go into town, that kind of thing. Um She asks her at one point if she had to give up anything to be there. And uh, Lisa says only the unhelpful parts or like only the bad parts, but then doesn't elaborate, Mm -hmm. which made me be like, does that mean money? I don't know. Like, is it something that um, Lottie was like, oh, you don't need that. But really it's like Lottie's taking something from her.
0: So I don't know. I I assumed like alcohol or something like that. Like if she was, I, I, I don't know if we got a sense that she was an addict, but like um she wasn't drink she was drinking water at the bar. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I think my mind went to money because of just cult vibes of
0: like if oh yeah. Or Or giving up like a boyfriend, yeah.
1: Yeah, how they'll be like, Oh, you don't you know, your family and friends or your job or whatever, you don't need they're just getting in your way. Um yeah. So they they're going into town um Lottie also goes into town um and meets with this new doctor because apparently her doctor is like on leave or something very suspicious Oh um, you know where's her doctor um and she's talking about how she is having visions again for the first time in decades um and there's this yeah it's kind of a vulnerable feeling scene from present-day Lottie and to me it was the first one of the first times that I felt like I kind of believed her because mm-hmm. even seeing Seeing her in the cult or the compound environment, and even when she's interacting with Natalie, I'm like, how much of this is genuine? Or how much, you know, do you just want something? But she seems to mean it in this scene where she's like, she's like, they need to stop. Last time it became something different, and that can't happen again. I can't go back. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, this is a time where I was definitely like, okay, so I she has no, like, kind of... um motivation to lie to like a psychiatrist right or like her doctor or her kind of doctor so I don't know I was confused by that too and I kind of reminded me how like between seasons I kind of build up on my head of what could have possibly be Lottie's cult and I was like kind of surprised by like this like Gwyneth Paltrow wellness center <laughs> type of thing that she actually does have going on even though they were yeah. doing something sinister like burying someone alive like that was pretty that was pretty upsetting, but like. When the when the um yeah, would love them to circle back to that. Yeah, I was gonna like excuse me. (laughs) is he still there? Um, but I remember the last sentence of the first last season being like, "Who the hell is Lottie Matthews?" And she sounds so scared. It seemed Mm -hmm. to me like I thought they're going to be more overtly like, like I thought it's going to be like a doomsday cult of some sort, right? Like I didn't think it would even have the pretense of all this. So like, it depends on what you find like a little bit more compelling. So like, I think like season one didn't set up this wellness cult So I was like, I'm generally surprised. So like that's why like I don't know if I like super trust Lottie's vulnerableness, but it makes me sad because it seems like such a disconnect from like that teenager who I really um feel for and I really like. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really making me question the assumptions I was making in the end of season one about Lottie's trajectory. Cause I definitely also read it that way. It's felt pretty in both timelines I felt like it was kind of confirming that Lottie was taking on this more sinister role because yeah she was like s- you know scared of the cold. the character who had that line she was like people have been following me um and then they kidnapped Natalie <laughs> um I don't know yeah but then I I don't know yeah I, I don't know how I feel about it yet but I'm I believe her in this scene and I'm like okay there's and I think I like it overall that approach to her character because Lottie starts when we meet Lottie she's a pretty sympathetic character and I think I am interested in the idea that she is she doesn't understand exactly what's happening um and she's traumatized just like all the rest of them I feel like maybe there's more area for complication in that approach than just like, okay, and then Lottie became a villain, and now she's still evil years later um but it's yeah, I haven't quite squared it with how she was seeming at the end of season one yet either,
0: and I definitely yeah. don't
1: think she's telling Natalie everything,
0: yeah, hundred percent I think like I do wonder like here when she's talking to the um doctor she is saying like i'm having these visions again and then she's like cutting her hand again i wonder if like in the woods she begins to believe she has these powers then goes to um the mental institution and then like decides to like believe that those were not real and like sort of Mm -hmm. retroactively like consider them like you know um like you know uh just like coincidence and stuff like that and like so like i don't know if adult her still thinks that they're they're like something that she can do on purpose that she has any actual powers or something like that or anything supernatural is happening and yeah. like
1: yeah because she does the same she does the cutting her palm thing in this episode once as a kid and once as an adult which doing it as an adult again you would think brought her some returns when she'd done it in the past if she's trying that again but um I don't know, but it seems more like a gesture of kind of she's hoping or she's, like, desperate rather than, like, she
0: knows what's going to happen from that. Yeah, um, and every time I see this in a movie of somebody cutting their palm, I'm always like, how is that not infected? How is there not oh, a scar? Dude, especially
1: with the past timeline, like, 1996, Lottie, her hand is visibly dirty. Oh. And, I'm, and I'm like, how clean is that knife? You're just walking around outside doing this, don't bandage it up later. I, like, I'm cons- I'm concerned. I'm concerned for her.
0: I um, remember, like in it, where the kids like cut their hands and like shake on it. Like they used to do that all the time in eighties movies. And I'll be like,
1: no. Where have your hands been? Where have your hands been? You didn't just wash your hands." Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So in the present day timeline, um, Shauna runs into Alana's mom, um, the famous Alana um, <laughs> <laughs> that Callie has been lying. So naturally, she creeps around Callie's room and finds Adam's driver's license or the like little burned part of it. Um, And then she picks up Callie and tells her they're going for a ride. Um, At the same around the same time, Misty is talking to Walter at a diner, learns that he's a multimillionaire whom a bunch of bricks (laughs) fell on top of. (laughs) Um, So good. Good for him. Um, Taisa gets a ride from this guy driving a truck who seems nice um and then we skip back into the past timeline where Mari is still hearing dripping which we still don't know what that is about um but she asks Akila for help and while they're looking um for the source of that Akila finds this mouse and befriends it um and she literally says I'm not gonna hurt you it's okay so concerned for this mouse <laughs> Can yeah. we dig into
0: the mouse a little bit? You have a lot of yeah. I would to love mouse. to dig into the mouse.
1: <laughs> Let's get into it.
0: I so Laura and I talked yesterday, and Laura went on to like ten minutes about how she thinks this mouse is like. We have like I a danger ranking.
1: I didn't. I was trying not to spoil things because Nisa hadn't seen the episode yet at this point. But I was just um, like, when you meet the mouse, you'll know what I mean.
0: Yeah, we have danger rankings, and right now you're the mouse is dying.
1: Mm-hmm. Then Coach is- Ben. Yeah, yeah, Coach Ben has been a swirling topic of concern for me, but when I watched this episode, I was like, "Good, this is like a load off of Coach Ben's shoulders because now this mouse is definitely number one. (laughs) Um, There's a a new number one on the danger chart. Although, imagine if this mouse lasts for more than one more episode. Like, if the mouse is still alive a couple episodes from now, it'll just be even worse. It's just not going to be good, you know? It's just not going to
0: be happy (laughs) i think i'm really sad because akila was having a bit of like a disney princess moment and i was just like
1: she's got some joy
0: and now that joy will be taken away from her i was gonna say number three is definitely the dog
1: oh yeah no the dog is not gonna be okay i'm i mean but would they do that to a dog twice the same same thing with a new dog that'd be that'd be so terrible for sammy um, <laughs> Poor Sammy. for everyone involved um, yeah also just it's very with the mouse scene I thought it was very pure that it didn't even cross Aquila's mind to try to kill the mouse just because they're like not that I mean just because they're, they're all starving you know and I would imagine they're so desperate for food that every day they're going out like what animals can we find so that she sees the mouse I know it's tiny and it wouldn't be like very much meat but I like that it doesn't even occur to her um I thought that was very sweet (laughs) because I feel like like a lot of those other girls it would at least cross their minds
0: (laughs) all those other girls would be like let me eat a raw at this point
1: I mean it's like they ate a human so like I don't know I don't know they've already (laughs) gone to wild places so
0: I love their post-cannibalism like processing they're both they're like I guess we're just gonna keep doing this like I guess we're just gonna keep like being kind of trying to take the, take it everything one day at a time I one day at a time yeah I feel like they're like their trauma like levels have like kind of hit a little bit so they're plateauing a little bit they're just like I guess so <laughs> I guess we yeah. did this I
1: guess we did that yeah Misty and Crystal have that talk where they're like oh it kind of tasted good right um yeah yeah they're just kind of continuing and I like that Ben is like the bad guy for being like, um cannibalism's bad though, right? <laughs> um so yeah, oh, and then also in the past, um Natalie finds a dead moose trapped under the surface of the lake, which is yeah. exciting. Um and then it kind of moves back into the present. Um so in the present. Natalie and Lisa are still on their journey. They go to Lisa's mom's house to say hi to Lisa's fish. Um, and they're trying, Lisa starts trying to have a good conversation with her mom where she's like, I'm doing really well. Um, but her mom is not really believing this. So she asks for them to have like a moment alone. Um, my side note here, I guess, was just that I really like um, Natalie's adult, Natalie's vibes this episode. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. these really sarcastic moments of like oh there are no rules but you're not allowed to see your family um i don't know yeah Yeah.
0: i think maybe lisa not seeing her mom is probably a good thing for her because her mom seemed extremely like um maybe like there's reason for that but like her mom seemed like extremely like um controlling in a way of like talking about lisa's depression but i love natalie this episode i love natalie in general but like I love seeing her softer side and, like, trying to, like, kind of create a Lisa, especially since they kind of deal with the same thing. Uh, they deal with the same thing of, like, depression and, like, kind of using substance. And, like, she literally finds her almost about to kill herself, right? Like, Natalie. And I think, like, there's something. And, like, they also kind of look like they have a bit of, like, that punk vibe. So, like, I kind of love, like, the idea of, like, Natalie, like, helping, like, a young woman who could have been her. Yeah. And... I, um, thought, like, yeah, Natalie was just so great, and I just, it's, like, one of the things where, like, I love seeing Natalie, like, sort of work out with other people, and, like, I think she's just so much fun, um, and, yeah, and I love that she put the fish in her mouth.
1: I know. Yeah. I know, that was a great moment, and, yeah, like, Natalie thinking of, um, her, I mean, like, with Lisa in this, in the first episode of the season, I think it was the first episode. Like I definitely read Lisa as just kind of um, I didn't think we would be with her for that long. I thought she was just kind of one of Lottie's evil cronies. And Natalie would have this fun moment of like revenge against her, and then we wouldn't see her again. So I like that that's getting walked back a little or like we further like explored. Um, and just Natalie in the setting. Like we've seen her, obviously, like she is constantly trying to cope with all of this, you know, trauma and everything she's been through. And there's a lot of different things that she I guess like uses for that with like um I mean like she you know she really struggles with it and in a lot of ways, um which are more on the surface maybe visibly than with some of the other characters, um but we also have seen her like in when we first meet her in the very beginning of season one, she's in a rehab facility, um where it seems like she has been like um growing I don't know like she Mm -hmm. she seems to really be reflecting in their conversation that they have and she's like I lost my purpose now I you know I know what my purpose is again um and I feel like that was the last time we saw her in an environment where it's sort of intentionally reflective um and the other people around her trying to have conversations with her about genuinely how she's doing um but this time it's it's in more of a cult which is bad but also it's with people who like know her
0: better so i don't know and she can like she kind of understands them a little bit and yeah and i i think i was thinking too like i just love seeing natalie a little paired with like other women and i know like this is a show where they're all women so like that but i think this natalie just really like shines when she's like in those scenes and i find I mean, it so much to yeah <laughs> or like her um her that her cop boyfriend or whatever um, okay. yeah and i think like um and yeah, I think like we, when we get into Travis, I think there's parts where I find him very sympathetic. I think him pointing at the gun is just like, I know they have a really like deeply unstable relationship. But like, yeah, I just find, I love seeing like Natalie like just like kind of be like having to like kind of be someone who like lo- like the responsible person and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, what were we going to say? I remember we also had this conversation with Skylar, who's our producer. Um, and. and- And she like um says that Natalie young um teen Nat and adult Nat is like the one where she sees the biggest disconnect. And I was wondering Mm -hmm. if you agree.
1: Oh, that's interesting. It's also thinking. I mean, that makes me think of Shauna again. Maybe I'm just in love with Shauna. But just like how I think my favorite thing to think about with the adult versus the young characters is like how tuned in they seem to be with the experiences around them. Mm -hmm. Um. And Natalie, I think, I agree with what you mentioned earlier about how she feels a lot. I think she is honestly the most tuned in, maybe, of all of them, which is, I feel like, gonna, like, open her up to a lot of pain in some ways. Like, I think in the past, you know, she's really, I mean, she's skeptical of Lottie, but she's, her heart is what's driving her in so many of the decisions that she makes. Um... And I feel like her, it's it's in the right place. I don't know, like she she's really trying to like help help the people around her, um, and especially in a survival situation, for that to be one of your main motivations, I think is really cool to see because it's not, um, it would be really easy to just kind of go really far inward and just like how am I going to make it through this? But she's thinking of like what does Travis need right now, um, in this episode, like how can I help Lottie, um, who she's been competing against. So I don't know, and I think maybe I see that difference a little with the present day. Um I think yeah, in relation to her relationship to other people, I think is maybe where I see the biggest difference because I think she has a lot more walls up in present day. Um like with the cop boyfriend that you mentioned, that was someone who was trying genuinely to be really nice and supportive to her um and she didn't seem like equipped in her that present moment to like respond to it with that same level of openness I guess um so that's kind of that makes me think of that that I guess that question of like how characters relate to the past trauma versus the present trauma is also a good segue into the next scene which was one of my favorite scenes of the episode um which is when Shauna drives callie out to this remote <laughs> road <laughs> with yeah,
0: she's a serial killer Like
1: <laughs> and kills her just kidding um but yeah oh my what was with this scene it was so much um so yeah in this scene sh- also the nerve of shauna opening this scene by confronting callie and being like what else have you been lying to me about and callie's like are you serious um
0: Shauna's literally, like, um, I, I just obsess with her trying to still play house and stuff like that in I the know. middle of, like, I... her own, like, the damage she has created I and know. brought And on. trying
1: to take the high road when, like, your daughter pretty much knows that you killed someone. Um, yeah, so yeah. she, in this scene, she tries confronting Callie, and Callie's like, okay, can you tell me what's going on? And Shauna admits that she tells her everything about killing Adam jeff knowing about it the blackmailing and all of that um i have a lot of, that i'm thinking about with this scene i guess one of my questions is were you nervous for callie in this scene because i thought she was gone
0: <laughs> i don't know shauna like would uh, shauna's like not above strong arming her daughter which is kind of funny like i think i see i see the past and the in the present like the 2020 timeline as like two different tones and i think the past is a little bit more like mystical, bad vibes all around. Just like these teenage girls are like like literally feral. And I see the present as a little bit more like comedic in tone. Like it's it is like it does have like dramatic moments, like, especially with Thaisa and Nat, but like it has like but like with especially like Sean and Misty, I think it's a little bit like it's a it takes a little bit more of like a caper in a way. So I find I, so when she's just like yeah, I guess I killed an instant guy. Like, <laughs> and she, like, kind of hedges like that. It's really funny. Like, Melanie is really funny in that moment. I, and I guess. <laughs> I know. I feel like that should be, like, such a good reaction video. Like, I post on Twitter all the time. But um, mm-hmm. I think, like, yes, yeah, so I see them as different tones. So I did think Callie was safe. And I do kind of view them as, like, very different, like, um parts of, like, the show. So, yeah, I think that's, like, another thing we were talking about, like, disconnect between adult Natalie and, like, teen Natalie. I think Shauna is also, like, I can, I can personally see the, how she would grow into, like, this adult pretty easily, and I do think that, like, you're supposed to think that they're a little bit more slasticky as they became older, which I kind of enjoy that they are, like, you know, still, still finding ways to, like, be kind of goofy after all the murders they've committed together.
1: Wow. And that humor. I wonder if it's related to the kind of removal, maybe that they feel because they're not able to exercise that same type of humor in the in the past. Because it's just, I don't know, a more immediately dark scenario, maybe. If um, they're
0: coping mechanism. they're like, well, I guess we might about this, but um, no, but I, don't I just know. kind of love like when they kill Adam. Natalie's like just like she's just constantly bitching in the background like 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 this is a major inconvenience for her
1: misty's Um. like who died (laughs) he (laughs) he um but i mean misty's a whole other deal but yeah this one of my favorite parts of this scene was um how shauna mentions the past um because callie's like well what do you mean blackmail and then shauna has this little moment where she's like um, we did things out there that we're really ashamed of, and maybe one day I can talk to you about it, but for now, can that just be enough? Um and then she Callie says yes, um, but she seems really freaked out. And Shauna makes her promise never to tell anyone about this. Um and Shauna's delivery of that I thought was really interesting, even compared with her line from just like a moment before that you were describing of like um. You know, when Callie confronts her about this murder that's very recent, that was present day of Adam, she's like, you killed someone, an innocent person who didn't deserve to die. And Shauna's just kind of like, I guess, like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, But then when the topic turns back to her time in the woods, she seems genuinely upset. And she's like, we did things that we were really ashamed of, which I think is an interesting Just I'm really interested in Shauna's guilt and like, where does she feel it? Where does she not feel it? And her relationship to violence, because she does not seem like troubled at all by what happened with Adam, which I know maybe on some level she is, but it doesn't it doesn't shake her up in this scene the way that thinking about the really far in the past violence does. So I don't know. Is there a way that you read that? Do you feel like that means that she just the stuff she did in the past was worse? Or does she just like, think of it differently? I don't know.
0: I think Shauna definitely, like, had her moment in the first um, episode where she's looking at Adam's, like, drawings and feeling guilt. And, like, because, like, this was someone who loved her, like, seems to genuinely love her. This manic pixie dream man really, like, seemed to, like, have been drawn to her. And, like, she did, like, lose that connection. And um, and this kind of burst of, like, teenage, like, uh, whimsy and stuff like that she never used to get, she never really got. So I think she feels sad. I think she knows when to feel bad. I think she knows when, like, she should be feeling bad. So, like, I think she's very good at, like, sort of like putting it into a box and like letting it, that box sit there. But I think what she can't do that with the woods. Like, that's the one thing she can't put her feelings into a box. Um, mm-hmm. and I think like putting the feelings into a box before it Ooh. turns it, it like bubbles and resents and explodes. Like sleeping with your best friend's boyfriend. Like she'll do things like that. Um. But, yeah, I think, like, the wilderness is, like, the one thing she can't do. Um, and they kind of had this heart-to-heart last season, too. Um, and I think there's something to say for Callie's redemption arc here for, in my eye. That she's very good at being, like, letting her mom go on this one thing.
1: Yeah. And, like, knowing where to push and when to stop. Um, mm-hmm. Which feels like it could be shaky ground with Shauna. Um, also, I love that you mentioned that the wilderness is the one thing she can't put in a box because she literally did with her journals. Oh um, shit! I guess <laughs> she did. <laughs> locked it, locked that in a box. But yeah, physically, but not not mentally. Maybe. Well, n- not not well either. Her dumb husband. <laughs> I know. When you pop open the safe and you're like, oh,
0: where'd that go? Oh, um, my dear humble man.
1: I you know. <laughs> So, meanwhile, in the past, um, Van shows Thaisa a map she's been making where the trees that Thaisa has been finding are creating this shape of the symbol overall. Um, they have a little argument, because Tai still doesn't really believe this, um, but Van is kind of standing up for herself, and she's like, it is possible that I'm right, um, and if I'm right, there should be a tree with a symbol in this area, so let's go look for that. Um... And then we get a little glimpse, another of these pre-crash flashbacks, pre-crashbacks pre-cra- um, with Ben and his <laughs> friend, Paul. Um, and not much even happens with this scene. They're talking about like ex-boyfriends. Ben doesn't really have any or many, um, but Paul is like, that's okay because you're my future. Um, and it's just like a nice little romantic scene. I don't know how I felt like this was fitting in the episode as a whole, I was kind of surprised to see it there because there were some of those in the the previous episodes but I didn't really think we would going to or in the previous episode but I didn't really think we were going to stick with them. Um I don't know, did you make anything of this Ben scene or, or like what were I don't
0: there's know. like death flags to me. This is like we're going to build up give him like your backstory and then we're, we're going to kill this man. Um I think there's a tragedy cuz it sounds like took a break, not a break, but like he like not left his boyfriend, but like went to New Jersey to coach this fo- soccer team. It sounded like he was building a future with this person, even um, and like I w- and I think this guy lives in Seattle, right? So like I was almost kind of like I wonder what brought him to New Jersey, and I want to I'm kind of curious about like what's the trajectory of Ben's life that brought him all the way to the East Coast, and yeah, I think like a lot of it is like we're going we're getting Ben like kind of dissociating and creating his own world. But also learning a little bit about his life and what kind of brought him to this like being the only adult of like, basically like a biker gang of <laughs> girls who are Yeah based on him. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's kinda of how I'm reading them too. I was nervous when they showed up in the last episode because I thought that meant Ben was about to die like imminently. Um, like right then and there. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, I just thought this one was odd because it was just kind of the one
0: the one part of that that we get in this this episode um the the show's been jumping around a lot and like i um it does feel a little like we get we're getting like the i would say the first two episodes it was really choppy and i think this one has steadied up a little bit um because they're really jumping up back and forth which is like fine because i I know all the characters but i think like they stop doing that but once in a while they'll throw in a scene there it'll be like um is it just another like continuing a plot line that's like there's a lot of them this season
1: yeah yeah they've got a lot of plot lines to manage um yeah yeah so that was yeah i was interested that that popped up um so then uh yeah in the present day um lisa and natalie leave lisa's mom's place they keep the fish um via natalie's mouth Walter and Misty can't find them at the farmer's market, so Walter suggests they go to a B and B. In the past, the team goes to try to get the moose out of the lake. Um, This is so
0: heartbreaking for Natalie.
1: No, she's going
0: through it.
1: No, literally, she she's she's been through so much. So they decide to go, even though Mari is like mad about this for some reason. She's like, it's breaking the rules, which is like okay whatever um and Lottie while this is going on finds the dead guy's plane with Leonard and Laura Lee's necklace inside this um segment
0: was so like I think like I haven't been able freaked out by Lottie's hallucinations but this was maybe generally like a yearning like I always feel like a deep yearning over her. like I just want her to be at a mall eating Chinese food with her friends I know
1: yeah, I was curious, just in general, what you thought of this scene, because I think this was another of my favorites
0: for the episode. It was just so wild. This was my favorite scene. I think the way they did it was that, like, without her, like, I love that they just made her feel like it was very natural, like, the way she was just, like, like, she didn't, like, she, I mean, obviously she had a shocked look on her face, but, like, going down the thing, going into an elevator, walking there, and seeing all the girls in the cool fashions, oh my god, Natalie looks so good. I love seeing Laura Lee again. And I just love, like, they didn't forget her deep connection with Laura Lee, and they're like really close like the, the fact that Laura Lee made have inadvertently put her on this path but like it was out of g- generally good attentions mm. and the way that she was slowly getting more and more frozen was um very scary like just like because like all these girls have perfect skin and all that like all this but like so seeing her actually like turn blue and stuff like that um was really mm-hmm. freaky
1: yeah and just shivering more and more yeah like her connection with Laura Lee it's interesting to consider like what might have been if Laura Lee had survived and was still with them and I wonder if it would have complicated things more because I feel like Laura Lee was just around long enough to be like visions could be like messages from God and then she just kind of you know died and I don't know I I wonder (laughs) if they would have you know like I don't know like complicated each other's worldviews more if she was still there
0: well um, people say with laura lee like one of the actress that she was supposed to die earlier in the show but they kept the actress a little bit longer i'm not sure how she was originally supposed to die i don't know if she was supposed to die on the plane or something like that but she was supposed to die earlier so they kept the actress around and gave her this connection to lottie and i do think like for me laura lee was like lottie's anchor a little bit as mm-hmm. she was somebody who was like sitting with lottie hearing her out and like maybe like indulging her through the way of religion and stuff like that by like baptizing her and stuff like that and i think like things like that where she did see like the vision of laura lee, like exploding stuff like that but like she was like kind of an anchor for someone to like um talk to and now without her anchor she just has like a bunch of people who kind of like enable her and like, kind of like prop her up as kind of like um somebody who has visions and stuff like that and i think yeah. after losing laura lee like i think if she had laura lee longer i don't think lottie would have spiraled as quickly as she did or laura lee would have been like her number one like you know supported but I don't think she would have like um gone down this path so quickly but we she hasn't done anything too violent just yet so I guess we'll see
1: yeah I mean I think Laura Lee also what you say about yeah like her being her anchor Laura Lee was the only one we've really seen Lottie go to when Lottie was feeling like she needed support and then Lottie pretty quickly like things got dire and now other people are seeing her in that role So a lot of characters are turning to Lottie for support, but like Laura Lee, Lottie went to her and was like, what does this mean? Because she was, you know, feeling freaked out. And I feel like Lottie hasn't been able to confide her vulnerabilities in many other characters since then in as open of a way because they've all started viewing her in this way where, I don't know, I I get a sense maybe, maybe she's like nervous to kind of break that image of herself. With them or i don't know doesn't know if she can yeah um, yeah yeah um, this yeah this the exchange i also think is interesting in this scene where laura lee like she starts eating the food the you know imaginary food and then laura lee is like shouldn't you say something first and she's oh like, yeah I, I have to i don't know i'm interested in that line also of i didn't think i would have to i don't know just like what that means.
0: Her. Yeah, I was curious on that too because I know she's probably saying, like, you should say grace, but like, I think Laura Lee is the only one who's like super religious in that group. But all the girls were looking at her expectantly, too, right? So yeah. I thought that was interesting, too. And like, I, I don't know, it's interesting how they kind of like the because we also had like the Greek Roman imagery last time they ate with the cannibals. So, like, um yeah. yeah i i thought that was, i thought i picked up on that too and i i don't know how to interpret it i thought it was really interesting and i i think with the fact that like everyone seemed to expect a Lottie to say something so yeah. yeah
1: yeah or the sense that it's like she needs to i feel like in this episode is the first time this season where we're seeing the most of this sense that laura lee needs to do something to earn her like sustenance kind of of like um I don't know she didn't think she would need to like prove herself in this way or oh.
0: um I don't know you're right because I remember like in the in the last scene when she cuts herself she says I hope this, this this please let this be enough Yeah, and I think you might be right the fact that like blood is not enough anymore they want it sounds like they want something more
1: <laughs> yeah 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 like she doesn't get to just eat she needs to do she needs to do something um and give something up um so yeah, Laura-, Laura Lee tells her she'll die if she doesn't get warm and she shoves her back into consciousness in the snow. Um, which is also, I feel like I saw somewhere on the internet an interesting comparison between this moment and Jackie's hallucination when she's dying. Yeah. She also, it's pretty disturbing because you can tell that something something off is happening. Um, but she has like Shauna there telling her to get comfortable and like, it's okay, you <gasps> can have chocolate you know so she doesn't wake back up but Lottie has Laura Lee who's like no you need to wake up which is really interesting for this these different inward projections
0: I love too because it tells like about kind of a little bit how their friendships work right Laura Lee was a little bit more of like a nurturing friend and mm. but Shauna and Jackie had so much resentment and anger between the two of them and this feeling of like imbalance so like what Jackie wanted from Shauna was someone who like um loved her you know I yeah. love I love Jackie's death scene because like and I love that you made this um, parallel or like you um because like I think it's so cool because like you're totally right because like Laura Lee, like saves her but like in Jackie Jackie's so fucked up because like everyone's looking at her smiling her telling her that they love her yeah. and then like she like realizes halfway through that she's about to die mm. and she's just getting like total comfort um and, like, I love that scene. So, so, like, a while ago, um, this was, like, last year. I had, like, a panic attack or something like that. And, like, I, like, were in the middle of it. I thought I was dying. It's totally fine. I'm fine. But, like, in that scene with Jackie, I kind of, like, that's what it felt like. It felt like kind of, like, this flurry, like, this, like, this kind of cinematic scene where everyone's standing there And, like, your your vision's, like, going up and down and stuff like that. And, like, I don't know. I thought it was, like, such, like, an interesting way of somebody, like, fighting um death. I don't know. I really like um Jackie's death scene yeah and I think like just just I just like that's like a really good point too is, like how those two friendships have like sort of evolved to even though one know each other for a much longer time
1: yeah.
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and the kind of I guess like group dynamic that you were pointing to of like yeah I mean Lottie or I don't know Jackie when she's dying and she sees them all it feels like they're all... I thought there was something sinister going on. I didn't know oh, yeah. the at first. I was like, have they all decided behind her back to kill her? And there's this... I don't know. Yeah, there's like a collective sense of like, it's okay, go to sleep. Versus with Lottie, when she's looking around the table, it feels, like you said, more like they're looking to her, expecting her to do something.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: A different sense of expectation.
0: Yeah, it's super sinister. I think like there's definitely a wrongness in it, but everyone's just being like, it's so good Jackie you can let go like all of that and I think um and the fact that she like froze to death right it's like a relatively like everyone says it's like the most peaceful way of dying but like
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: and because you just fall asleep and like I don't know um it's just so it's very ominous because everyone is like that's what I feel like Jackie's main priority is kind of being a little bit of a center of attention um but yeah oh just like I
1: like the word that you used wrongness because I feel like that's exactly how it feels (laughs) yeah And this whole mall sequence, it just feels wrong. Um, I love seeing that 90s fashion, though. Oh, my God. So cute. I know. It's really weird. And just the disconnect of seeing Lottie go through it in her, like, winter clothes, you know, clearly, like, feeling terrible. Um, Yeah. So while Lottie is having this, like, near-death experience, Natalie and the team try to get the moose out of the lake, um, and it breaks um through the ice and plunges to the bottom of the lake and natalie is like ripped apart um because they really needed the moose um i'm curious in here like how for one thing also the moose this is the second time we've seen natalie with a moose um because i just remembered in the previous episode she has this like moose hallucination oh yeah hallucination um yeah but i'm in the plane um where she tries to shoot it and then it just kind of vanishes. Um, and I'm also, I'm just curious how this moose will be talked about in future episodes. Um, Cause it's such a, it would have been such a big deal. Mm-hmm. So is the failure to get it because Natalie didn't let Lottie bless her or is like the wilderness taunting them or I don't
0: know. What's your English degree telling? What does the moose symbolize? I like goats <laughs> are like the devil. What what, what would a moose Oh. Symbolize?
1: I don't even know I feel like the moose gives me like noble vibes but I don't know moose feel like benevolent to me but I don't know that's t- totally me making that up though I don't know I feel like they all because maybe we've talked a bit before about how the characters are all tied with different animals like Shauna has this thing going on with bunnies Taisa has a wolf wolf thing going on maybe Natalie's
0: animal is the moose now yeah i wonder so like then like uh misty's a bird <laughs> apparently yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah but this like this bummer yeah because again it's natalie trying so hard to be like a provider and mm-hmm. all these bitches are so ungrateful but they do come and help her so <laughs> um, i know it was it made it even worse though
1: to see the whole team working together and then see it go away. Um Shauna's doing mighty
0: moving for a pregnant girl. I kind of wish she should stop.
1: Oh, Shauna. Yeah, she's doing a lot. I know. I yeah, I feel like that is gonna escalate soon, also. Yeah. Um yeah, so Moose tragedies in the past. Um in the present, um, yeah, Nat- Natalie and Lisa have like a nice exchange where um like Natalie tells Lisa she doesn't seem like she wants to kill herself today at least and Lisa's like do you still want to kill yourself and Natalie says not today um we get this really fun b&b sequence with Walter and Misty where they Misty insists that they have separate rooms and then they go to those separate rooms and yeah they do the same
0: thing at the same time looking for bugs I thought that was that's literally like me at an airbnb like I look for bugs yeah <laughs> i never found one but it's probably because i'm not very good at it
1: you should you should be there with walter and misty um,
0: <laughs> are they looking for a third hi right here
1: <laughs> right misty's not even looking for a second like girl oh. you should have been in that room with him um i'm yeah that was something i was thinking about here with like misty in romantic context which i'm i'm reading walter as kind of a potential romantic interest but maybe mm-hmm i don't know if you know maybe
0: i'm projecting something there but um at least no, some no.
1: attachment
0: totally they're marriage for each other i think it's definitely and i think with misty like seemed to have been longing for something last season with yeah. her failed tinder dates that i'm almost surprised by her like um walls being suddenly shuttered up but then again like it's very mysterious circumstances and also she's kind of hiding a murder of adam so it's like a lot like And I I wonder if like she's also not used to being out weirded. I think she's like this is like weird for her.
1: I kind of feel like that's the main thing. Like she, because she seems so she is romantically motivated in many ways in season one. At least like it's it's something on her mind. Like she goes on these dates with guys that she's not very similar to, and you know tries to like make it happen even when the guy is clearly not that into it. And then in and in the past past timeline with Ben, her whole unrequited crush. <laughs> but I feel like that's what is always going on. She's the one who's, like, very interested, in and it's not really reciprocal um, with the other person. And this feels like it's been flipped around where Walter seems interested in her. Like, he's the one who's like, "Oh, how about we, like, share a room? Um, and he's very similar to her, just, like, organically. And I feel like she's kind of afraid of that because he's someone that she actually would genuinely click with um, and who might really like understand her. And I feel like that's that's a level of romance that kind of scares her.
0: That's what I say. Missy shouldn't have had a friend. I don't think she should know what it feels like to have a mm. And like, I know this is making us like I'm dooming her to a sadder life than I think it is. But I think it just makes so much more sense to the person we saw season one, which is just someone who doesn't seem like sad to her day to day but seems to you know have a yearning for like a connection of someone and yeah. like i kind of love the idea of her friendship forming with the other women maybe out of like trauma bonding or whatever like that but it it becomes genuine right her and misty and i can't wait for her and Natalie to start talking again but it's yeah. something that kind of comes out of like have to, like i guess now we have to hang out with, like we're friends now and i kind of love that and that's why i always say giving her like this backstory i don't know i don't know yeah i, I like that mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like that you mentioned Crystal, too. This was, the like, the place on the document where I wrote down Crystal in Nisa's words, should Misty have a friend? <laughs>
0: <laughs> should Misty yeah. have friendship, no, I'm Misty. saying.
1: Yeah. Um, how do the people feel? I don't know.
0: <laughs> how do people yeah. feel? Call in. I know. Um, Let us know. Should I we... do think that one of those girls should have been a bleak, so, like, uh, like a little... Musical person, I feel like in a group full of like changed girls, not one of them are singing constantly. Like that was unrealistic. So, I
1: I really feel like I could see Crystal doing that, but I feel like it would have been it would have come up in season one. But I mean, <laughs> can't can't have it all. Can't have it all. Um, <laughs> but just if she's that kind of vocal, um, why where, where why was she not vocal earlier? Um, but whatever, it's fine, it's fine. Um, so yeah, in the present day, um oh yeah still in the present day Jeff and Shauna try to have a healthy conversation (laughs) um he apologizes to her for being judgy about her having an affair um and she's like oh that's okay totally makes sense and it it's a healthy conversation until Shauna casually mentions that she told Callie everything and Jeff is like wait what um and they have an argument about this, um, and then Callie comes in and offers to help cook, and tells admits to Jeff that she's been lying. No more lies. They're a happy family cooking together. Is this what healthiness looks like? Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's no problems here. Um, I
0: think my favorite family moment was what? What are they? This Sandecki Shipman family. Uh-huh. My favorite um, moment is when they're watching the news and then somebody mentioned this on reddit but i think about it all the time shauna makes popcorn to watch the news and someone said that's a real sign that shauna's a psychopath she's like...
1: dude that's a good point yeah the news that's a yeah. good point the signs have been here all along <laughs> um yeah this the argument between shauna and jeff is like yeah jeff gets mad because he's like she's our daughter we're supposed to protect her um and like, you know, we should throw our bodies in front of her if that, if it that's what it comes to. I am um, I'm, I'm feel undecided about if I am siding with Jeff here, honestly, because I do, I think in general, I agree with him and I see where he's coming from. But also in this case, I feel like Callie already knew yeah, yeah, and like to an extent and they were just kind of, I don't know, keeping secrets from her to that extent kind of feels worse. I don't know if that means she needs to know everything, but I don't know
0: i i do think jeff has genuine like fatherly instincts here where he seems to be exasperated with his, shauna's like lack of like discretion and mm. i think he's right there that like she does seem to be like a little like from like i guess like being very a little like very non-traditional comes to some of this mother stuff and i think like he seems to be generally like not just mother stuff like parental stuff right like um he seems to be exasperated by her kind of sort of very like laid-back attitude when it comes to like callie and stuff like that and mm-hmm. i don't know if this is new right because like when she like snaps at jackie's parents at some dinner and stuff like that that seemed to have been, have been like a new thing for shauna so i don't know if she's like finally like kind of fed up with like, her life like as like a house um as like a homemaker or whatever but um you're getting kind of like a sense that like i i i can see like i think they should have told callie because she was gonna get herself in trouble anyways um but i guess jeff is just sort of like what is this like like i can't predict you anymore like you're not doing things like normally because you're also trying to like mug people you're trying to get like you're using a gun and getting a car back and stuff like that
1: yeah i think he does bring up a good thing to the surface here which is that shauna whether or not she should have told callie i do think she was a little uninquisitive about callie's reaction um Mm -hmm. because she was just kind of like you won't tell anyone right and callie was like nope um and she didn't see it didn't seem like it even occurred to her of like, oh, how what might be the impact of telling my child that, you know, I murdered someone. Um, just I don't know. Yeah. That didn't go into her decision really feels illuminating. Um, yeah, I don't know. So they're being a family. Um, in the past timeline, Mari and Akila have gone out to get Lottie because they were worried, which is good because she seems pretty hypothermic. So they bring her back in. Um, Natalie helps her, like, get in the tub.
0: Love this.
1: Yeah, I loved this scene, too. This is another, like, you know, probably my other, in my top three scenes. Um, And they have this exchange of, like, good game, good game. Um, (laughs) They're
0: soccer girls. They're they're athletes.
1: I love seeing their soccer sides. Um, Yeah, I also like the idea of just... Just how the competition played out in this episode. I like that the wilderness didn't give them a clear answer of like, oh, well, Lottie's right. Natalie's wrong. It just led to like them trying to come up with an easy way to determine um, and a contest like that only led really to like pain for both of them because like Lottie almost died. Um, Natalie didn't have a near-death experience, but she had a near-hope experience um which was sad in
0: its own way um yeah uh, i think like now that we like were reminded that they're athletes i think they're probably like inherently competitive people too i wonder um oh. natalie and lottie um but yeah i think um the next scene which is where they okay i'm just like excited about this because i'm gonna go show oh, yeah. my whole like um wait you go on wait no no you i yeah oh no this is where like they, the girls find hobby right and he's like oh yeah off. yeah
1: so there's only there's just a couple other little things between which is that Lottie in the present day is shuffling through these gratitude notes and she has visions of a crumpled up queen of hearts card with the eyes crossed out oh, hashtag shit. man with no eyes um what's oh that yeah that? yeah like what wh- where's that motif I know! (laughs) So there's that little moment, and then she goes for a walk and does the thing where she cuts her hand again. Um, Yeah, which kind of, we already talked a little about the question of kind of how much control does Lottie have over what's going on. She's trying to exert control here, but, like, I don't feel like she's going to get an easy answer out of just this one palm cutting. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, and then yeah, and then they find hobby (laughs) in
0: the past. This is like hobby watch. We started this podcast and really hobby watch has been over, like over when it started. We didn't have time. I just think it's hilarious because like everyone knows if you're a yellow jackets fan, everybody knows that hobby is like the number one theory among (laughs) yellow jackets fans of like every (laughs) adult is hobby, like Adam was hobby, X is hobby, Hobby's here, Hobby's there. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, um, he's a fascinating reoccurring theory in, like, the Reddit and, like, Twitter and stuff like that. And then like, my funny favorite part is that, like, they'll get, like, a, like, the cop was hobby for a second for some people. Like, even though the cop was white. it's <laughs> so, like, it was just, like Dude, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's hobby. So, like, the fact that, like, it's over before it started for us is really funny. <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: I feel like there was... I had seen at least one theory that was, like, maybe he's alive, but, like, he wandered off and eventually he's gonna find help and that's how they got rescued so I'm I'm glad that we found him much earlier than that
0: yeah I thought also what was so funny is that like Javi is like this figure fascination among the fandom but among the actual girls they're not particularly concerned about it I know (laughs) they're They're kind of like that sucks for Travis (laughs) yeah they're like they're like oh they're like they like kind of like go around him but I feel like in a group of teenage girls now, I'm not saying all like changed girls are maternal, but like I would say that there's gonna be at least like one maternal one. And I think it was weird that Shauna was the one because i would be Shauna's really not good at being caring. Um, but it like cracks me up that like everyone like immediately they find Javi and they immediately turn around to Lottie. And they're like, I know they're is like Lottie was right. Like they didn't have any time to process. It just means like things are rougher. This kid, um, and he this looks like he's in bad shape.
1: Enough. Hooray and going. Um, I feel like the, I don't like. This is tiny, but I could see maternal instinct emerging in Akila because I'm pretty sure she was yeah. the one who like she has younger siblings at home. And then we see her with the little mouse this episode. She, was, she seems like she could have genuine sweetness toward a child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, I haven't really seen that with Javi so far. Um, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. And this also brought up an interesting thing for Thaisa with the whole. Like Van says like Lottie knew that he was alive, but Thaisa knew where he was. So Yeah. I don't know. Maybe taissa I, I do think there's a genuine chance emerging that Thaisa is just as connected as Lottie is to all this and just like it's in a different way. Maybe. Yeah. I
0: know. And we do kind of make a parallel between Thaisa and Lottie and like how much can we trust their like adult selves, right? And like I remember the end of season one. I generally thought Taisa Tysi- killed the dog and stuff like that on purpose to win the election. I thought it was a bit of like a grand plan thing because we know that Tysa can be a little like you know, like when she hired the reporter, she can be a little like you know, like she broke uh, that girl's leg in
1: the first episode. Not oh yeah, first, yeah. Well, like you know, she did it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she got she has got these instincts, and like I think she's a big leader and stuff like that too. So like I think um, yeah. So I I think it's just like another way of saying that like. Lottie and Taisa are these like ambiguous characters to me and it's like they're like the hardest to read but then she gets to see Van who runs a video store yeah. the record
1: store also is called While You Were Streaming which, <laughs> I don't know felt like radio-y to me radio adjacent dude but Van's I'm a about... big movie buff what wait Van is?
0: yeah she like she would like um their camp stories are just movies for her like she just Ooh. told the movie plot. Oh, and she was
1: um, good at it, too.
0: Yeah. I love that Van somehow beat Netflix, beat HBO, Showtime. Like, she's just, like, she's running this, like, little indie store um, yeah. and going strong. I know. That was such a
1: small... Talk about such a small moment that immediately occupied such a big space in my heart. Like, <laughs> they literally say, like, two words to each other. It's like, hi, Van. And I was like, oh, my gosh.
0: I um, know. I know, because I think they're just so there's just so much love and caring between them. And I love like Van's protectiveness of Taisa, but I kinda of love the way that they're being pushed apart is this like Van's like embrace of Lottie that Taisa just refuses. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know, it's her first love. Maybe she'll go
1: back to her. But this idea that like that same thing that's pushing them apart is a really close that's like part of Taisa, whether she likes it or not. So it might need to be what bring them back together. Um, I am pretty concerned for Thaisa's wife. I hope she's okay. Also, yeah,
0: I hope they don't kill her. They I kinda
1: don't. I don't think they will, because that would feel too like, like plot mean. You know, like if they yeah. just killed her so that she could be with, me, I don't know, that just wouldn't be cool.
0: I like some. Yeah, that would be like pretty unfortunate. I, I, I don't not exactly fridging, but it would be like a little too I convenient too. It would feel fridging adjacent. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. too like um yeah and I think like also Sammy probably needs like his mom to like one of them to like um know. yeah yeah
1: yeah and Simone didn't do anything but she you know like I yeah I want her to be okay and she yeah, yeah I think so far she's had to just kind of play this role of just like she, as a spouse present day she doesn't get as much complication as Jeff gets um she's kind of had to be in this role of just kind of like supportive but increasingly more concerned like wife um slash mom and i yeah i don't know i think i i don't want it to end there for her
0: (laughs) and i think simone also like it took her by surprise right jeff always knew that there was these darker instincts lurking in shauna because he read her books and stuff like that her diary we have we haven't seen shauna write this entire season i realized Um, yeah but for Simone, it's just like oh immediately doghead like oh well, not that but like they were fighting and like um thaisa asked them to move out for a bit so like yeah but i think those caught simone <laughs> okay. off by surprise yeah
1: yeah yeah i guess we still i'm still kind of curious of like how much simone and thaisa talked about i mean i'm sure simone doesn't know about like the stuff that they were sworn to secrecy about um but like how much does she know i guess about the past yeah um, I guess we can kind of go ahead and wrap up if there's I know because you know you got to get to food and some <laughs> um but I don't know do you have any last um things that you wanted to talk about or just overall impressions of this episode anything else you wanted to share
0: this episode I feel like it's just again kind of like momentum for it I think like I'm kind of excited to finally see Taisa's story kind of like um because i think like i i love taissa i love Adelaide taissa so i'm like really excited to see like um her connection with fan i'm really excited i'm so worried for natalie i'm worried like this will be like the restart of her and travis's kind of pretty toxic toxic relationship oh. it felt like because i felt like i was getting a little bit in a place where like a, like softness and i'm worried it's gonna like go back to that um i feel
1: like he's gonna be mad he's gonna be like why'd you bring me the bloody article of clothing of my brother who's alive you know like he's got to
0: find out that she lied it's gonna be it's gonna go natalie's is not gonna have a good time they're not gonna have a time but i She's feel like really um, i think right now of like ranking of bad times natalie's like at the top for me
1: i feel like um, it's because she doesn't have an ally like the others kind of are paired off a little more even shauna is like she doesn't have a, a bff right now although I really I want more Shauna Thaisa time, like you mentioned at the beginning, because that was I thought a really cool part of season one, and I want to circle back to that. But she yeah. is at least open to like she'll have like talks with Lottie or that kind of thing. But I feel like aside from Travis, Natalie doesn't really have anyone that she's like one on one
0: with, except Ben. But like he's like an adult, so yeah, and he can't really help her.
1: And now he's like I feel like the eating created a division,
0: <laughs> maybe. But I think also with Shauna and Thaisa, like, I love, like, the devotion Van has to Thaisa by, like, tying her, 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 her arms together. That's super romantic. But I did kind of love, like, the bond that Shauna and Thaisa had by being the only two who are comfortable going sleeping in the attic. And, like, yeah. even Van was too superstitious to do that. And I am kind of sad that they, like, seem to have dropped that to make Shauna sleep downstairs. Um, But I guess she is pregnant, so maybe she wants to be somewhere warmer. <laughs>
1: um, yeah.
0: I don't know
1: yeah they had really interesting similarities season one that Mm -hmm. I feel like also I feel like they kind of have to be on their own things right now because like in season one Shauna was like secretly pregnant and Thaisa was the only one who knew about that now I feel like Shauna's main thing other than that is like mourning Jackie which is more of
0: a kind of inward
1: I honestly feel like the young young Shauna hasn't had too much to do so far this season so I'm excited to see more come up for her
0: yeah i think so too i think like i'm surprised by like again a lot of it is like she it seems like almost like young shauna has like teen shauna has been like been put in the back burner a little bit but she has like a lot of these like but she is like their butcher so i don't know i think she might be coming back but like that's yeah. bit of acting with jackie just so good i love that actress i just love her like face she's so good at being sad so cute <laughs> the yellow jackets podcast is hosted by laura zube and nisa khan it is produced by us alongside skylar burkhart follow us on instagram at buzzkill radio our outro music is black elk mount by twizzle our intro music is amends by mere women see you again next week